Hello, everybody. Welcome to the I Think It's a Classic podcast. I'm Tannis Gale, and joining me, as always, from the other side of the country is John Brummer. John, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. And, uh, John, you want to tell our audience who our uh, additional co-host today is? We got a special guest host. Why don't you introduce him? We got a special guest. This man is very close and dear to my heart. This is my dad, Greg Brummer. Say hello to everybody. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank, I, I... Thanks for the uh, awesome introduction. <laughs> I, I, and I particularly like the uh, part about me being special because we all know I'm special in all sorts of interesting ways. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and, uh, so for today, everybody, the album we are going to be talking about is, uh, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead's 2011 album, Tao of the Dead. Uh, this is an album that John got me into right around the time it came out. Um, it was a band that, I'll just jump right into how I was exposed to this band in the first place. Uh, around 2002, they released their album, Source Tags and Codes, if I'm remembering the title correctly. And they had a single for a song called Another Morning Stoner. And uh, that summer of 2002, I spent a lot of time watching MTV2. And so I was exposed to all this cool indie rock that I hadn't really heard much of before. Things like the Moldy Peaches, um, International Noise Conspiracy, uh, and and You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead. And um, this that, that song, uh, Another Morning Stoner, I always really liked it, and I always wanted to pick up... Uh, Trail of Dead's albums, but I just never ended up doing it until John got me into this album uh, around 2012 or so. Uh, John, how did you get introduced to this band? Well, they were always a band that I had heard the name of, um, and for whatever reason, I didn't listen to them much, and I think that was because you know, of uh, a website that we talk about a lot, Buddy Head, referring to them as, like, the Trail of Dads. <laughs> and, uh, which I always thought was a, is a funny joke because it's almost a perfect descriptor for all of my ex-girlfriends. They all seem to leave along a trail of dads. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I didn't listen to them much. I hadn't really heard anything. And then one day, uh, my my dad is, was saying, hey, you got to check out this album. And uh, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe. OK. And so I did. And then I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, I, th I, I it really surprised me how much more bombastic it sounded than uh, anything I had heard off of Source Tags and Codes, mainly being another morning stoner. I had heard the album a little bit, but never gave it a real, real listen. And it kind of blew me away, like just the the grandness. I mean, we we'll get into it and everything, but the cover art for one just kind of locked in, showing me, oh, this is this is going to be a little different than what they were putting out previously. Um, Greg, how did you get into this album slash band? Uh, well, and and also, I don't know. Um, uh, well, we can probably put this in there right now. Um, they uh, they're from Olympia. Yeah, if I discovered yeah. that, uh, that they went to Evergreen. Yeah, um, they actually, and actually in a band called the Muckle Teal Fairies. Were you about to bring that up? Did I just steal your thunder? No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I was just going to say, so I was familiar with them primarily because as uh, 
I was doing some background on uh, Kurt Cobain just, you know, while he was still alive and everything. Um, you know, I happened to see that he spent a fair amount of time in Olympia. And then I, when I was looking up some, in search of that, I ran across the trailer, you know. And so that's how I initially became aware of him, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then uh, I never gave him, I never gave him a moment's thought. I just, you know, put him down as like a stupid, you know, local band that, you know, played music I wasn't going to care for. And then I happened to see when they released Tower of the Dead, it just got amazing critical reviews. And I can't remember where exactly I saw it. And it referenced a, a Pink Floyd influence. And I thought, all right, let's see what punk bands can do with Pink Floyd. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, they kind of uh, have like their, their name is slightly off-putting like few bands have as arrogant sounding names i mean just naming your band like pretty much the second half of a really large sentence isn't usually the best thing for <laughs> to, you well know, i viewed it name. as actually really positive i thought the band name was incredible oh, and yeah? i thought that those guys it showed how much in the way of balls they have because uh you know clearly i'm sure that whatever record company they were dealing with was not a for the reasons you just said, but they stuck with it and they, and they did it their way. And I, you know, personally, I respect anyone who does that. Okay. I can, I can feel you on that one. I see. Okay. Didn't yeah. look at it that but way. Otherwise, but otherwise, I mean, but as far as the music goes, nah, I had no interest in it until Tao came along. Gotcha. Have you checked out anything else by them? To I tried to listen to source and tags yeah. or code source code and tags. And I just didn't get into it. And that's considered, from what I've read in the past, their big, their best album ever. Huh. And uh, along those lines, I mean, and and maybe you know I'm jumping ahead, but um, when they released Tao, it got a lot of critical acclaim. It it was trashed by the fans. It was they were, and this is what I hate about the music industry, and especially the artists part of it, is the condescension and arrogance. That, you know, these fans are all running around accusing uh, Trail of Dead uh, of because uh, Tao was more accessible. Did you say, did you I, say, so you cut out there, you said selling out? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I have no, when, when people start accusing bands of selling out, I have no patience for that. Yeah, it's a really weird, I don't know. It's like, it's like a term that... I hate when it's thrown around, but it feels like it maybe has its uses sometimes. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I look at it more of like in a, if you're endorsing products, then you're kind of selling out. Like, look at a shitty band like Five Finger Death Punch. It's like, if they're Monster Energy Drink, the band. Like, that is, that's selling out to me. Not changing your sound. Not, not just, just deciding to go in a more uh, palatable direction. I had this argument yeah. with um, our mutual friend Zach about the Caven album Antenna. And I was like, that was not a sellout album. They wanted to make pop. That was their choice. They weren't doing that because that was the popular thing. It just so happened that was the direction the band was going in. So, yeah, yeah. I have a slight amount of disdain for that term as well. But I feel like it does apply to some bands that just put corporate logos all over their shit. Like, Korn is a sellout band, I would say, because they didn't used to put stuff all over, you know, corporate logos on any of their anything besides maybe wearing Adidas gear or Puma gear or whatever. And now Jonathan Davis, I saw a picture with him, and he has like a, a glove with the Monster Energy Drink logo on it. And I'm just like, that's so just cringy and gross. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. Well, the thing that hey. I find... 
go, no, go ahead, John. Go for it, John. Oh, I was going to say, the thing that I find weird about people saying that Tell of the Dead was the sellout album, this was the first album or one of the first albums after they left Interscope Records, which was, you know, the major label that they were on for uh, the majority of their career up to that point. And this one was independently released. It doesn't seem like a good move. And plus the fact that there are like no radio ready singles on this thing. I don't think it got any radio play. Uh, there is definitely a radio friendly single, which we will talk about when we get to that particular well, I, song. I, I mean, I think you already know us, which one I'm talking about. Yeah. I, well, we yeah, have to, I, I well, know. we have to wait to hear about yes, it. Yes. We're going to have to wait. So <laughs> go ahead, John, continue. Um, I, but I mean, to us, it feels like, oh, the, that would definitely be the single, but I mean, it, it, to everybody else, I guarantee you that they probably, this was probably one of the reasons why they ended up leaving Interscope was they probably looked at it and they went, uh, yeah, there's nothing we can sell on this. Mm. So, hey, Tannis, I have a, a question for you. What's that? Regarding uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Corn. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, as you, uh, you know, diss them and everything, uh, how do you know those aren't two of my most favorite bands? And if they if they are, I don't care about your feelings on the subject. Oh my god! <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, lucky for me, I guess they aren't. I mean, but, uh, I just thought I'd throw corn, that into the mix. Corn gets a, a little bit of um, you know, a leeway from me because, for better or for worse, they kind of did break ground with their sound in the early '90s. But five finger, no, five finger death punch can five finger dick punch themselves for all i care they, they yep. are the worst yep, yep. um i uh, personally uh i don't listen to them and uh corn i like exactly one song which is the obvious one thoughtless and other than that i don't care about them either which song uh thoughtless the one that uh aaron paul uh was in with the video oh okay i got you yeah yeah his um, his, his big debut <laughs> I had a it fun was, time showing my girlfriend that, like, hey, yeah. now that we finished El Camino, you want to see where he got his start? And then she's like, why are you making me watch a corn video? <laughs> <laughs> and you're going, how long have we been together? Why wouldn't I? You know, just to mess with you. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then I was like, just finish watching it as long as you don't swing at me. Yeah. <laughs> uh. uh. Well, yeah, I think we've covered uh, how we all got into this band and stuff. And before we get off on talking about the album much longer, let's just jump right into the first track, which is an odd one. It's just kind of an introduction, but and there's so there's not too much to talk about. But well, it's it's fitting that it is called introduction. Let's experiment. That's I mean... true. I mean, come on, <laughs> let's. Take a swig for uh, us nailing our trope again. This 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 is what I would like to call, I don't know, maybe like a mission statement of sorts. Um, well, I, I view the song um, as an overture. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah, that's, that's a much I, better, better way to put it. Yeah, and I was thinking about today because uh, I definitely uh, listened to the whole album while I was not doing any work today because I never do. You know, which is a closely held secret. But uh, anyway, uh, and anyone that I know that's listening, yes, I work hard all day. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, yeah. I put Judge Judy on hold 
<laughs> um, uh, so I listened to the whole album and I was thinking, you know, I, I actually noted uh, some stuff per song. So I'd be prepared for this. And uh, and all of a sudden I thought, yeah, this is really an overture because it kind of prepares you for what's coming. Yeah, the the arpeggio and that weird glassy yes. kind of guitar sound that almost sounds like a keyboard. Uh huh. Yep. Well, Tannis, let's play a little bit of it and uh, so we can keep talking about it. Yeah, this is just a great two and a half minutes that sets the uh, beginning tone of the album, like Greg was saying. Uh, it might be largely in, in part to, uh, you know, the design of the cover art and everything, but um, this, uh, just this song and this whole album just makes me think that it's the soundtrack to a Final Fantasy game that hasn't been made yet. <laughs> no, that's... I would agree with that. Uh, the The funny thing about this song is this is probably the one that i have like the best story about yeah. just the introduction <laughs> i uh was doing lift last weekend and i went to go pick these people up and they were you know young 21 ish 22 ish uh there was three girls and a guy and uh the uh i mean she was almost like a supermodel she sits in front seat and we we start driving and we're talking and having a good time. They'd already been drinking and they're hooting and hollering and whatever. And the girl in the front seat starts like pressing my phone and starts playing music. And she's just pressing a bunch of buttons and hitting, you know, the next button on my, you know, because everyone's in the car is like, hey, you know, we want to hear what you want to listen to. So I put it on shuffle on my phone and she just keeps hitting, you know, next and next and next until she got to that song. <laughs> and so we're all sitting there listening to it. I don't think any of them know what's going on. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is a really good album, guys. And then the girl went back to pressing more buttons and, and I let her do it because she was really hot. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much my story. Uh, John, John, if you haven't learned this over the years, has a weakness for hot women. Tennis. Well, they yeah, they pretty well uh, yeah. determine his actions. Or or not, yeah. or not so hot. Or, I mean, or, John's just weak. You know? Let's be real. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If Tannis was in my car, I would have punched him before I let him touch my phone. How about that? <laughs> yep. There we go. <laughs> um, we were talking uh, before the recording about how we all kind of had trouble finding lyrics for this album. Like, for whatever reason, they just... They don't exist on Genius. They don't exist on A to Z song lyrics. Like all the, all the big sites, couldn't find a complete listing of lyrics. But this is one song I definitely know all the words to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. yes. But um, yeah. Let's okay. Let's we... experiment. Yeah. And uh, let's also move on. I don't think there's much else to say about the introduction unless you guys have something. Uh, just that, that, that arpeggio part that it, it does make its way through other songs in the album, probably one of the best, uh, melodic lines of all time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, that part wasn't in the sample. I'm just going to bring a little bit up of that up for the audience. Yeah. And that's what John's referring to right there. That beautiful arpeggio that is, yeah. This is Arpeggio the album in a good way. 
It sure is. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to the next song. Um, the, uh, you know, I have to admit, when you first showed me this album, I saw that there was a song with the title with the word cosplay in it. And I was like, oh, no, what the fuck is John making me listen to? Like, <laughs> but, yeah, I think I remember you even mentioning that. And it's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, so. I see. I see a steampunk cover. And then the second song has the word cosplay in it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what happened? <laughs> is he the nerd now? Because that was my shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's hear a little bit on the second track, Pure Radio Cosplay. Um, yeah, this song for me is, I know it, it's really early on to say this, but it's my favorite song on the record. This song is a we one of those songs that even though I hadn't listened to this song, this album in a, almost seven years, I would say, um, I, I, I still sing the, those lyrics out loud to myself. Like, it's just one of those things that's ingrained in my head, and I absolutely just love this song, and I think it's perfection. I just, uh, it gets me, and I get it. Uh, Greg, why don't you take it? What do you, how do you feel about uh, your radio cosplay? Well, it's certainly after uh, the first time that I listened to the album, after hearing Let's Experiment, all right, I, that I could take a leave at that moment when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. But uh, pure radio cosplay just made me sit right up. Yeah. And go, wait a minute. This is something to take seriously. And now, I mean, I'm all on board for uh, Let's Experiment all. Radio cosplay was the one that made me stand right up at attention and go, all right, I think, I think we're in for it. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's such a powerful song, and I love that the, I don't know, we're all music nerds, so I think there's something that always clicks in our brain when somebody can kind of comment on the state of music in a clever way, and I love that it seems that 50 years have come and gone since the rise and the fall of the radio song. It's just such a yep. iconic-ass, oh, just, ah. Oh. I, I see well, when I when I get really excited about stuff, Greg, I get at a loss for words and I start stumbling over stuff. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this song right now. Go ahead, John. I, uh, you know, the, the I, I have to I have you to thank for this, Tannis, and that conversation we had where you were saying, oh, uh, what is why is there a song that has cosplay in it? <laughs> So uh, a lot of the times when this song does come on, even though I fucking love it. I sometimes I can't enjoy it because I have this Tannis voice in the back of my head going, it's called Radio Cosplay. <laughs> what kind of nerds named it Radio Cosplay? <laughs> yep. Well, and, and, and the steampunk stuff all over the cover of the album. Come on. It wasn't just that. It was a combination uh, of things that made me skeptical. And hey, I was totally wrong about any skepticism I had about this album. To be fair, you weren't the only one who uh, brought up the pretentiousness of calling a song called Pure Radio Cosplay. I, I remember seeing, um, you know, uh, essentially user comments on different things when, um, you know, back in the day when I had nothing better to do than just go read what everyone had to say about an album I really liked. And, and a lot of people brought up, oh, they're such nerds. They call a song Radio Cosplay. Who uses cosplay in their fucking song titles? <laughs> well, nobody until them and now, you know. 
<laughs> which in my opinion was a bold ballsy move on their part given their intended audience of which i'm sure i was never intended to be part of their intended audience you know i just stumbled my way in however and it sounds like you've definitely given the lyrics on this one a listen tanis i mean it i think that the title fits it perfectly because it's referring to radio as a form of cosplay and not to be taken seriously oh yeah no 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 yeah and and i mean it's a brilliant way to talk about it yeah is any apprehension i had about the title was simply on a first impression basis having not heard it just being like what are you making what's steampunk and cosplay what is this album john but no no it's yeah i really like that that the title and after i understood kind of what it meant and i what they were trying to say with it and i was like that is clever as hell Cool. I think we're all in agreement on that. And personally, I think the whole album, I think that Pure Cosplay um, actually is the title track for the whole album. I think the whole album follows that same kind of, you know, regret or or uh, what's the term I want to use? Not regret, but but sadness over over what where music has gone. Yeah. But also a little yeah, glimmer and, of and hope because there's no yeah. reason to whine about it exactly yeah Yeah. well and and really you know especially with all the conversations that i have had with people um especially when certain people call me a music snob (coughs) dad (coughs) totally Um, and i'll call you it right today i wonder where he got that from oh man (laughs) 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 anyway yeah Yeah, so the, this this is kind of this really should be my soundtrack. This song right here, it's a fantastic song, man. I just yeah, yeah I I love it. Yeah, I yep. All right. It. So should we move if on? You're ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Yep, let's uh, do I it. My dad's ready to move on too. All right. Well, let's hear a little bit of the third track on Tower of the Dead," uh, "The Summer of All Dead Souls." And John, tell me if I'm totally off base on this one, but to me, Summer of All Dead Souls, in a good way, let me preface this statement with it, Summer of All Dead Souls, to me, kind of sounds like a really beefy piebald song. It, yeah, I I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, it's uh, really straightforward, and it has kind of just like that positive rock feeling with the guitar, that little... Yeah, it, it has, I mean, sunshiny. it is a- it's a beast of a song. Um, it still is really melodic, though. I, I, you know, it, to add to Dad's point, um, if I hadn't stood up and paid attention by the end of Pure Radio Cosplay, this one definitely, it, this one was uh, where I most likely went, oh, what, what, what? Okay. <laughs> I think that we're, we get, we're on to something here. And to continue with that thought is that after I finished for for to finish radio cosplay and then immediately follow that without a stop, by the way, we haven't talked about that, about how the album goes 
it flows from song to song. There, there's really no distinction until you get to, um, I believe, the uh, strange news from another planet. So they all run together. And yeah. uh, and this was kind of a Floydian thing that, um, you know, Chad, uh, I think it's Keeley is his yeah. last name. Um, uh, you know, Conrad, did. Conrad, Keeley. Conrad Keeley. Yes, that's right. And um, boy, following uh, radio cosplay with this thing, it, it I mean, I was officially in love with the album at that point. Yeah, it's, yeah. nothing it's, was going to shake me my my, you know, love for this album at that point. Yeah, it's pretty perfectly well, placed. The the amazing thing was is I mean I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm going wait a minute my dad recommended this album what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> which which Tannis just shows you you know what little respect my son has for my ability to switch gears. Mm. I mean, At a moment's notice. Hey, I, I I was there for one of your greatest uh, suggesting a, a band to John Blunders. Okay, I remember when you were like, you got to check out this new band. And uh, they have this song called Superman. They're called Three Doors Down. They're really good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gee, I thought I did all that stuff in private. I guess I didn't. <laughs> no, I... Uh, wait, I, I think I think you did. You you were sending it to me over like a chat on the computer. Yeah, and it was before you. Me and John had our own place, so he was still living with his mom, and I was over there when he got it, and we watched the video, and was like, and I was like, I think it's pretty good, and John was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the song three, uh, you know, uh, Kryptonite is a good song. It's just there was no other good song. <laughs> in my opinion so i mean but i thought they were pretty you know good for that song and <laughs> i obviously changed my mind but that's the thing is that you know i mean i'm still allowed to make a mistake here and there oh you're, but... you're talking as i've stated many times on this podcast before just remember you're the, the i'm the guy that had the limp biscuit is better than everyone t-shirt in high school so i mean yeah we all make mistakes <laughs> Hey, uh, John, have you told uh, Tannis yet about how you're uh, a fan of a former Lip Biscuit um, uh, member now? Oh, well, but see, here's the thing is, is if you talk to Tannis, we will both talk about how we like Big Dumb Face, which has West oh. Borland in it. Oh, I love Big Dumb Face. That's, yeah. Have you heard that so, second album, by the way? Nice try. Yeah, I, I it yeah, is you fantastic. Me, Did you? Have you ever listened to uh, what is it? Blacklight Burns. Uh, yep. His Have serious you ever band. Blacklight Burns. What is that? Is West Borland's serious band? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not the most serious. It's West Borland, but it's actually really good. Huh. Yeah, West yeah, Borland. I mean, it's really good. Huh. I. It's weird of either of you to say that, but. <laughs> Here we yeah, are in 2020, where John and his dad are like, "Check out this former Limp Biscuit members band." <laughs> okay, yep. never would have predicted yeah, this being a conversation. And then you can come back and give John six tons of crap if you don't like it. But honestly, I don't know how you're not going to like. I've always been the guy to give West Borland a pass and be like, "No, he was the only like creative part of that band. Leave him alone. He's an artist." <laughs> well, and and in the case of uh, Blacklight Burning. Um, I mean, he earns it. Nice. And on that particular song, so yeah. That's cool to hear. Anyway, you say. yeah, we sidetracked. Oh, that's oh, the, that's, that's the podcast so in a nutshell. Cool. Um, <laughs> we were talking about "Summer of All Dead Souls" and its power 
chord freaking positivity uh does anybody else have driving anything to say? drums pounding drums oh yeah i love how it starts off pure radio yeah. cosplay just kind of fades out and then like there's some ambient noise and then just immediate just you guys i just want to clap i think that was the best cover i've ever heard in my life guys you know you guys do you think we should go out on the road john we're 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 picking up where judd judd left off (laughs) judd judd was a band in the late 90s that they did all mouth songs where oh some of the best novelty music ever like it's definitely worth one or two listens and show people it's it's fucking hilarious I remember when I was in high school and we discovered that it was like the greatest thing I'd ever heard at that point because it, it was just so funny <laughs> and it it literally got old about twenty seconds after I yep. heard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But I was just gonna say those are not the ones that you're gonna find your dad crushing on. <laughs> so I think it was on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it was on YouTube. If you can't find it, don't get mad at me. But like I I, I once saw some live footage of Judd Judd and it cracked me up. Oh, yeah. Just two guys on stage that doing that on microphones. It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. man. Yeah, right. No, Summer of De- All Dead Souls just it's sealed the deal for me, for no doubt. I mean, after that, I was in the bag for Trail of the Dead. Hell yeah. Hell yep. yeah. And at this point in the album, I was too. Well, I'll spoiler alert, I never got lost in this album at all like or i never strayed away from it after i got into it there we go i got lost in it yes but yeah Yeah, i was locked in after pure radio cosplay and everything else just kept on being equally great if if not almost as good because i did say it was my favorite song but i'm moving on let's hear a little bit of cover the days like a tidal wave Ah, this song is my second favorite song on the album. Um, John, so listening to this song, you, it's 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 kind of weird, but you know what the uh, this song reminded me of? Like the part where he's just kind of like talking in the background with, um, you know, he's talking and there's the singing at the same time. But you know what that talking part really reminded me of? Botch? No, Zeo. Oh, okay. It reminded me of like Ghost Psalm or something like that, or one of those songs where Dan Wyden's yeah. just kind of talking in the background about a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I see it. But yeah, um, this song for me is like, how how is this like not in the middle of a Final Fantasy game? This is the one that really locked in for me, like that feeling of the lost Final Fantasy soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Just the way that that, um, that part builds at the beginning and it builds up kind of like a, i don't know a tidal wave or something i don't know that's just a thought i had but um <laughs> no the arpeggio on it is so freaking epic and i love how it starts off so quiet and then just comes out clean to just this loud beautiful chime and then everything just crashes together at the end and sounds like early at the drive-in almost or something like that yeah yeah what do you guys think of this song uh i i really like it i mean i love it um and stuff i uh 
I just, I, and I thought that the title was just awesome. And I think the song, the lyrics and everything fit the title pretty darn well. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a great song. Um, it, it is, you know, it fall. this album is one of those albums that follows a sequence perfectly where you get, you know, you get your intro that kind of leads you into the two bangers and then it kind of slows it down with this a little bit, you know, gives you a little bit of a break from all the rocking. Right. Um, and, and, you know, really, you know, you, you talked about how, uh, it all flows kind of like a Floyd album, but you know, the, these are really supposed to be two separate songs. Um, you know, the, the first or first 11 is supposed to be one song. And then, you know, the 12th track is supposed to be, uh, you know, the second half. Right. So, right. And, and the 12th and, track is the, or the second half is strange news from another planet. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and so, yeah, the, I mean, it, this all, it flows so beautifully. That is, I mean, even if I hated every single song on this, one thing I could say is that this is a beautiful flow for the whole freaking album. Well, yeah. Um, anybody else have anything to say about Cover the Days Like a Tidal Wave? Nope. I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's move on to track five on Tall of the Dead and hear a little bit of Fall of the Empire. another perfectly placed song i feel it just kind of uh gives you that just enough pump of the brakes just enough time of to chill out after the uh way that cover the days like a tidal wave ends and before you go into the epic rocker that is the wasteland i really like this song although honestly i have to admit on most of my uh listens to this album i just kind of skip past it to get to the more mm -hmm. exciting material because it's a great song it's it's quality is high but yeah and you know everything else is much more driving and you know, yeah exciting yep and i i agree that you know again this is a nice break um i do you know i i i would concur with your skipping of it but you know on, on the the recent listens that i've done over the last week since we decided to do this album i forgot how high the emotional level gets at this point um which is you know we we again had our our faces rocked. We get a nice emotional lift, like a very pretty, and then we get back to the rocking. Back to the rocking, indeed. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, 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 this song is a perfect example of how well this album, you know, pushes the listener along. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I mean, it just it just does a nice job of walking us through it. I mean, it pushes us along kind of like a tidal wave. <laughs> oh, that covers the day. You called back to three minutes ago. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I had to, and I kind of stumbled on it a little bit because I had to quickly check the song title to make sure I didn't completely butcher it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to pull a Tannis. <laughs> no, that it wasn't my thought. It was just mainly I just didn't <laughs> want to butcher it. <laughs> We get enough letters about Tannis. Don't make them write about you, too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Who is that old guy? You know, okay, boomer. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, pretty much everything they say about me is how perfect I am, and then it's just like Tannis is always fucking things up. Don't bring on anybody else. Nineteen seventy-one. What was he thinking? <laughs> no, that's a whole no. year after. Idiot. <laughs> John, you keep doing your thing. You're awesome. <laughs> um, one thing I did remember what I wanted to say earlier. Um, I'll have to edit that. One thing that I noticed about this album that I really like, and it's kind of an, it's something that I've noticed that's not in every, it's not like every single good song feels this way, but it's definitely something that only good songs make me feel. And it's something they nailed on this album is I wish half these songs were like two minutes longer. Like, like cover the days like a tidal waves under three minutes, follow the empires two and a half. The wasteland right after this is two and a half spiral jetty one forty eight. Weight of the Sun, we'll get to that one, but 219. That song is only two minutes and 19 seconds. And what this well, what, what it does for me is it just makes me want more and more and more. And it's weird. Had, do you ever get that feeling? Like when you hear a song, you're like, holy shit, it's almost perfect if it was just a minute longer. But then if it was a minute longer, would I be wanting it more as much? Like, ah, I don't know. They just nailed that, not drawing things out too long. Like the Deftones well, or something like that, where it's like, all right, let's play the riff for eight more bars at the end of the song for no fucking reason. Like, uh, what what were you going to say, John? And then I have a thought. I was going to say, I, I, I understand and I, I agree with you, Tannis. You know, that is something that definitely gives some things uh, um, repeat listening value. Uh, but there is a deluxe edition that has longer versions of these songs. Oh, this is... Uh, I I didn't know that. What? That is awesome. I don't know how you get a hold of it <laughs> because huh. I just read about it on Wikipedia today that there was a deluxe version with 30 minutes um, on a second disc that had longer versions. Oh, I know. Yeah, the deluxe edition. What you have to do is um, you, you got to get in your um, steam-powered airship and meet an anthropomorphic <laughs> fox man. He introduces you to a mad scientist, and he then gives you the deluxe edition. Yeah, is that what you're talking about, John? Yes, yes. I uh, Going to a magic land where a magic man gives you uh, longer versions of these songs. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm looking up while you guys are talking. I'm looking up uh, on Amazon Music to see if I can get it, and I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I don't think that it must not be in, in print anymore, but I saw it on Wikipedia. Wow. This fucking yeah. album is so buried feeling. It's so crazy how good it is, but it just seems like nobody really knows about it, and it didn't sell that well outside of Germany. And... Yeah. <laughs> it Exactly. It's so... It just boggles my mind. But then again, I look at what's popular, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I already know that most people are into shitty stuff and will probably ignore quality things yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> um. One one thought I'd like to add to uh, when you're talking about the songs are too short um, is that I I personally because I thought about that, too, when I was first really, you know, drilling the thing into the ground like I generally do with stuff I like. Um, and that is uh, uh, that I think if it had been a different kind of concept of an album, I think it pro they probably would have played longer versions. But in this case here, literally, because the songs do bleed into each other i think it was a purpose purpose decision to purposeful decision to um go ahead and uh shorten them up a little bit so you could keep things yeah kind of um 
kind of abbreviates it for the sake of the listener. So getting through everything isn't such a task. All right, back to, can you say that again, Greg? <laughs> I sure can. Cool. Um, so I was just building on something that you had said about the uh, um, relative shortness of uh, a number of the songs on here. And it is my opinion that, because uh, that bothered me a little bit at the beginning, because I wanted to hear more, you know, just like you were saying. And uh, I, I came to the conclusion that um, if it had been a different kind of concept album or different style of album, I think that they would have actually, you know, made those last longer. But I think in this case here, because it, they're all tied together and they bleed, you know, into each other, I think it was just keep it moving, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and I, I applaud their... Um... Respect to the listener. Yeah, well, and especially since, you know, so many people will, if they talk about this, they'll refer to it as, um, you know, an exercise and, and pretentiousness and whatever. And and I think that that, that self-restraint in keeping the songs a little shorter so they did flow better was uh, because there was obviously longer versions recorded. Um, I think that that was, uh, uh, you know, an exercise in restraint as opposed to self-indulgence and pretentiousness. No, yeah, I okay. have to agree with you on that for sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, uh, I, I did look up to see if the DigiPack was available. It looks like that you can get one used, uh, the, the two disc, but how, I, I how much is that? Um, it says twelve ninety six. Really? Well, new actually new is twelve ninety six. And it says US two C D Digipack. What are you looking at? Where are you looking at this at? I just I just went and searched and it's on Amazon. Um you can get it on Amazon. So huh. I don't know. Um that's just I mean it says that that it's a uh, the C D Digipack. Um and I'm guessing that that's the version with the extra, you know, the songs that are a little longer and whatever. But um, I saw there was a review that popped up while I was looking at all this, and it said, uh, I too cannot understand why more people don't know this album. And so it's nice to know that there's other people out there that understand what, how good it is and, you know, think it's a tragedy that it's not better well-known. Yeah, it it really is. Like, even... um. Uh, my, my girlfriend, Candy, she is familiar with Trail of the Dead and has a couple of their earlier albums, like Source Tags and Codes being one of them. And uh, she had never heard of this album. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, you're actually a fan of this band. She's like, yeah, I kind of fell off and never got back into it. And yeah, I can't wait to show her this. Like, we never got a chance to listen to it together last weekend like I was planning. So I think she's really mm. going to dig this. I'm excited for her to get her opinion on it. So. Yeah, um, John, I don't know if that's got extended versions because I'm looking at the track listing and it's the same one as the regular one. Hmm. So I can tell you that um, they had a digital booklet that was sold with the original ones. Um, but I'm not seeing anything other than the original tracks at, with the original song lengths. Yeah, but I don't think that the second CD would just have a, a booklet. Yeah, I don't know. Is, it does say two CD. So yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'll have to do more research on this after 
after we get done. Okay. Um, so okay. I'm not wasting our listeners' precious time by being self-indulgent and pretentious. Right. So <laughs> just like uh, Trail of the Dead did when they shortened their songs, you're shortening your discussion about this particular point. Because he has respect yes, for the I, listener. Yes. Exactly. And I think we should move on. All right. Let's hear a little bit of the next track. Track six on top with the dead. This is The Wasteland. Definitely one of the more uh, straightforward songs on this album, and I appreciate it for that. Again, talking about pumping the brakes and making sure everything flows. It's one thing that this band nailed on this album is they everything's just placed so correctly. Like it feels like everything's exactly where it needs to be. The loud moments are where they're at. The quiet moments are where they need to be. And I, I don't know. There's not a single part of this album that trips any of itself up, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I I mean, honestly, I, I know dad's going to disagree with me, but if there if there was a radio ready single for the album, I think it would have been this one. This one, especially at the time, the the trends were kind of pointing towards, you know, this style of rock and they nailed it. And again, they did it in a way that I, I don't think the record label looked at as it could be um, sellable because here we are talking about an album that pretty much nobody knows like we had just been talking about yeah yeah and yes you are correct son i i'm going to terribly disagree with you <laughs> it's taking all my discipline not to come through the uh, headset at you yeah well <laughs> you know, you for know, blaspheming this is what i have to say bring it boomer yeah uh, <laughs> oh damn Oh, no, it's on now. Yeah, That's the tea. I, I, <laughs> I just dropped my mic. Yes, queen. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> Tanner, yep. Are, you just, are you just sitting over there saying phrases? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be cool. I'm, try, I'm trying to be swag. Yeet. Yeah. Yes. Yeet. Uh, YOLO? No. Or is that, is that old? That's is that, old. That's too old. That's like a millennial uh, term. Yeah. I know Gen well, Z. technically, we are millennials. <laughs> not in my heart, I'm not. <laughs> I grew up with Pokemon and stuff. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Seems like we ran out of stuff to talk about on the Wasteland real, real fast here. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about this song? It's pretty straightforward. Nope. I don't think there's too much to say besides. It's pretty yep. good. <laughs> yeah. All right. I All liked it. All right, let's move into uh, a little bit of the next song, um, which I am sure we all kind of consider a com just totally part of the song after it. Let's, but uh, let's hear a little bit of the Spiral Jetty, or just Spiral Jetty. Yeah, I think this is a fantastic intro to Weight of the Sun. Um, 
I get why conceptually it's two different tracks, but honestly, it could be all part of the same song, in my opinion, in in a, in yep, a well, good way. It's funny that you mentioned that, uh, you know, they do seem or that it's a good intro, but you said something along the lines of it really should be the same song. I think for the longest time, because I, you know, this was right around the time that I pretty much started listening exclusively to music on phones mm -hmm. um, and you know with that came not really paying attention to so much music or the the song titles and whatever um and you know definitely not combing over the the uh the the album art and you know all the other things that that kind of happened once we made the switch from physical media to digital uh yeah i thought these this was one song for the longest time how do you feel about Spiral Jetty, Greg? Uh, I like it. Um, and if I remember correctly, because I'm not able to hear it when you play the thing, uh, but this is the one that has the really kind of... Yeah, that kind of like... Kind of sound... Kind of almost yep. like stabby guitar like rhythm. Uh, sounds like... Yep. Yeah, like something uh, primordial crawling out of the swamp. That's right. how I always thought of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we kind of sound like... Uh, uh, a bunch of uh you know like teenage drama kids talking about the scene and 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 um uh god what is that with the knights that say knee we're you know we're all going knee 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 okay <laughs> or we're the blues family doing our godzilla impressions oh yes <laughs> that's not what a chicken sounds like <laughs> yep I've been watching uh, Arrested Development uh, in my spare moments when I'm not watching Outsider or uh, stuff, and I, I'm still laughing at it. Yep, it's <laughs> Has, still hilarious. Hasn't stopped being yep. funny yet. Nope. <laughs> Except for that fourth season. <laughs> Debatable. Yes. I agree with you. You and I are kindred spirits on that one. Some of the, some of the greatest storytelling that show did, but just not as funny. Nope. Nope. And then well, and the reason why I think John and I diagnosed it correctly, and that was just simply because they went from the 22-minute format to a 45-minute format, and frickin' Hurwitz couldn't control himself. Yeah, and then, the, then the, the, the fact that the episodes were all, um, you know, based around one single character, the only through line that I yep. really thought was funny was that scene with the family that they showed that just zoomed out more and more, and as the episodes go on, you realize, oh, everybody's in the room for that conversation. Yep. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Um, on next episode of uh, Arrested Development cast, we'll be deep diving into Tobias's never nude diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's not yep. get too off topic. I could talk about all Arrested right. Development a lot, and I'm sure we all could. Yep. Yes. Oh, real quick, I do want to oh, add actually, how it was so perfect the, how the fourth season ended with George Michael punching his dad in the face. That was just mwah, that I, was the finally, only thing that redeemed it. Finally, in my opinion, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, shit. All right, let's move on to let's move on before yeah. this becomes the Arrested Development podcast. I already made that joke, John. Shut up! Stop <laughs> it. Um, let's see. I'm gonna. I just love the way this track just jumps right into itself. So I'm just not gonna fade this one in. We're gonna start right at the top of Weight of the Sun, parenthetical, or the postmodern Prometheus. Yep. How much fun to be drifting along with the weight of the sun on my head. And all covered inside. 
sketch with my pen and my brace for the troubles ahead. Slow, let the weight of the bow touch your arm as you pull the string. Yeah, this song is a uh, fantastic, and it's actually the first song that I heard off of this this album. This was uh, I remember now that John sent me this song separate of everything else. And I got to admit, on the first listen, I didn't like it as much. Uh, but it's really grown on me as definitely one of the standout tracks on the album. Greg, I have a feeling you want to talk about this song right off the bat. Uh, actually, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about myself on it other than uh, just saying that it's a killer song. I love it to death. However, I'm going to let my son explain why it was this song that he that was the first one that he sent to you and told you you had to listen to it. John, you want to pick up the ball there? Well, I have a feeling it's because for the longest time, I proclaimed that this was my favorite song on the album, right? Quite loudly. Yes. Mm. Yep. But that has actually changed. Well, that's good to hear because I think it's a great song, but I don't think it's the best one. Um, I still think this is a close second. Okay, but yeah, you used to drive me nuts telling me how great the song was. And I'm going, well, it is a great song, but it's, ain't, it's not that great. Uh, I think uh, John would have slept with it if he could have <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, but it didn't have three other kids and ignored me, so I didn't, okay? <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah, it would, it never let you down, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we would not have worked out. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so honestly i thought uh, this was going to be the song that you said would be the single on this album great i thought that's what we nope. were leaning towards nope nope huh. no nope. i i see i caught it when you said earlier where you said we're gonna have to wait and then i heard my dad say yes we will wait but he was thinking that we're just gonna wait until further down where <laughs> he gets to favorite track uh, and okay. I knew that this was going to happen. So <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting for the hilariousness, especially just now when you're like, Greg, would you like to talk about how this is your favorite song? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. nope. Nope. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, Tannis, but nope. Yeah, you yeah. see, Greg, see how he just sells me up the river on this show? It is an uphill yeah, battle. Yeah, I know. For he me. threw you Jesus totally under the bus Christ. on that one. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, no, no, I'll let him, him. I'll let him make that joke and not correct him. Then I'll give him shit about it forty minutes from now. Yep, exactly. See, this is why we're gonna be the best podcast in the world because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, so that is we have now established that is not my favorite song on the album. Oh, okay. Well, then now I think I know what it is. It's definitely the next next one. No, uh, <laughs> that we've already heard basically. I uh, I do really still like the way that Spiral Jetty intros into this, and then this song you know happens, and then if you want to move on, we can move on to the next one. Let's because just... I don't think there's a lot to talk about with it. No, oh, yeah, let's just jump. What? There's oh. not a lot to talk about with the next song. Did you say that? Wait, <laughs> hold on. I think you're skipping a track there, Dad. Oh, I sure am. Yes. 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 You're right. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm not the only yeah. one. <laughs> uh, uh. 
Yep. Yeah, All right, go ahead. All right. We're going to edit that part. We're going to play it like at the beginning and, and then over and over again. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to track nine, and it is the reprise or reprise if you don't know how to pronounce words. Uh, wow. How I stumbled over that sentence, really? I'm leaving that shit in. All right. This is the Pure Radio Cosplay reprise. There's that arpeggio again. Um, there's not much to say about this song that we didn't already say earlier, because it's a reprise of a song that already happened. Uh, but again, it fits perfectly. Like, I, I, I'll be damned. The, the band did the same song twice, pretty much, and it fits perfectly both times. Well, Congratulations. my, my uh, take on this song is that, yes, I agree that it's the same song, but I believe they did it somewhat differently which made they took a great song the original and made it even better in my opinion oh yeah, yeah. i i mean yeah. and that was what i was going to say is that it's perfect that it um leads into you know leads from weight of the sun into this reprise it it, it you know weight of the sun kind of fades out just a tiny bit and then explodes right back in and you get that that beautiful arpeggio it's it's one of the most perfect moments on the album but you know with it being essentially a repeat of one of the earlier songs i it i don't have much else to say about it but that yeah yep. neither do i so uh let's move on to uh what i'm pretty sure at this point because if you say the fairlight pendant i'm gonna scream but um i what... love the fairlight <laughs> pendant. <laughs> But go ahead. <laughs> this is just like John and Mosquito song. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but no, let's hear let's hear a little bit of Ebb Away. Uh, Greg, why don't you start us off with this song? Yeah, yeah, the, you might want to do that with me on this one, because this is not only my favorite song on this album, it is one of my favorite songs of all time. Whoa. Ever. Bold and statement. it is a bold statement. And I flat out tell you, I mean, that I have songs that I, you know, and, and my typical thing is to run them into the ground, you know, play them over and over and over again until they lose meaning. Then I let them sit for a while, and then they regain the meaning. And But there are a lot of songs that I own that, uh, you know, from time to time, it really depends on the mood I'm in if I want to listen to them. That will never happen with this song. Every time this song comes on, I will listen to the whole thing and just love it and have. And it is my uh, ringtone on my phone. Oh, no That's shit. the level of commitment that I have made to this song. And it starts with the, the way that it segues from Way to the Sun into this is just, in my opinion, awesome. Yeah, I know I'd have to agree with you. It's pretty perfect. <laughs> and where the hell did they come up with that riff? It is so different than the other riffs in the, on the album, I think. Yeah, it, uh, it reminds me of the clean guitar that I heard on Source Tags and Codes. 
yeah. source codes and tags. Shit, now I'm messing up the album title. <laughs> but hey, that's kind of par for the course on this podcast. Tannis messing up information that he previously stated correctly. Um, yep. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it definitely has a way different feeling, like that weird kind of plucky guitar tone, that clean guitar tone just ah, makes it feel so bold, and the way his voice is layered, like this song, yep. yeah, it's perfect. Like, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Ebba Way is an amazing song. And if it wasn't for yep. what I consider power pop perfection on um, Pure Radio Cosplay, this would probably be my favorite song. Well, and and I'll just say, Pure Radio Cosplay, both versions, and Summer of All Dead Souls, give this a run for their, its money. I mean, I love everything that's on the album. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it, it, they, this is definitively, in my mind, the best song, and one of the best songs I've ever heard. Wow. I still, I mean, even, I was listening to it this morning, and it's like, I'm going, how did they come up with that riff? I mean, you guys, John, maybe you can help me with that. I mean, is it, I mean, maybe it's not as an unusual riff as I'm thinking, but God, I mean, I don't, you don't hear that kind of riff very often. No, I, I wouldn't know how they, they came up with it. You know, I, I, I have no insight into that, but it, it, this song is amazing. This song is one of the best songs on this album. But uh, I I do have to spoiler alert. Do it. Okay. This isn't my actual favorite song on the album. You're not allowed to pick songs that are actually five songs. By the way, that was a rule we set up. Did you forget? I don't think that we. I don't think that we we set up this rule. <laughs> uh. Yeah. All right, and we know that Weight of the Sun is no longer your uh, favorite song on the album. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, that's all I have to say about this. I just, I love this song. It just, I'll never, ever get tired of it. It's a, it's an amazing song. It is extremely beautiful and powerful. Yep. And if it wasn't for Weight of the Sun or the other one that we're getting to soon... Uh, this would be my favorite song on the album. Yep. And I think that once, and, and here's why, because at this point, the um, songs stop running together more or less. Right. You know, in other words, the segue from this into what, Fairlight Pendant, I think is the next one? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's not really the same kind of segue. And what I think, I mean, I think there's elements of Pink Floyd influence all the way through, but I think that after Abbeway, I think that's when we really get into the Pink Floyd influence. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, and and you know, I was just listening to this. The it does it does uh it does flow pretty good into the Fairlight pendant. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it fades out and then fades in and it, it kind of gives you a nice little pin well here let, let's play them a little bit of fairlight pendant so we can talk about it and um yep. you know keep moving all right yep. here is a little bit of a track 11 the last song on what is considered tower of the dead part one um the fairlight pendant let's hear a little bit of that
Now, Fairlight Pendant's great, but to me, it, in, in, in a good way, it's it, you're talking about that Pink Floyd influence. The sample I just ended up picking that I played out of that for half a yep. moment, I was like, wait, is this Interstellar Overdrive? <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this some alternate version of Interstellar Overdrive? Nope. <laughs> well, the, the I mean the thing that I that I was getting at is is that this is a nice pen to to put uh you know at the end of uh um you know Tower of the Dead Part One, right? Um, it it is you know it it flows out of Ebaway into this, and it really does feel like you're getting a nice you know closing moment. Uh, it it you know as a good credits to the first half of the album. Yeah, and if and if the lyrics uh, and you know sounds of the album previous didn't really bring to life the the crazy awesome cover art that this album has, I think this song is makes whatever cartoon of that cover art play in my head as I listen to it. Like yeah. it's just so complicated and involved, and yeah, I just I'm like, oh okay, this is he he wrote this song and he's like, holy shit, I got this great idea for all the art. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe that was, or or it could be as simple as just he's baked out of his mind and and just you know, whatever showed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I wish I could be that creative when I was baked. Man, <laughs> what a gift! Yeah. Uh, but instead, you call uh, you know one of our favorite albums of all time, nineteen seventy one. Hey, I was completely sober. What and what album is that? Real well, quick. Fun it's house. a song off of Funhouse. It's called 1970, but he referred to it as 1971. Oh. He also said that the album came out in 1971. That was a joke. The, when I said the song title, that one was a okay. Let's just lean into my screw up earlier. Oh yeah, and... I, I forgot. It was it was he referred to the year that it came out as 1971 when it came out in 1970. Okay. Yeah. So then when right. there was a, then, so then when the song 1970 came up on the album tracks, I, I of course naturally purposefully called it 1971 to give myself even because more shit because john wasn't giving me hilarious. enough john wasn't giving me enough shit i had to throw myself under the bus i was like come on when man. did that ever happen <laughs> on accident all the time yeah all right cool um so i do have some thoughts about the fairlight pendant Let's that i'd it. like to share Let's okay uh, first of all, um, one of the reasons why I always think of this as being really the start of the Pink Floyd influence is that besides the nature of the song, it also has a direct connection to Pink Floyd. And I have no idea if this was intentional or not, but it, it, it's my theory as to why the song is, is called Fairlight Pendant. Okay. okay. Do, I have I, do I have your attention now? Yep, you have my full undivided attention. Oh, look, okay. a squirrel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and John, I don't think that I've shared this uh, theory with you. That's why I want to make sure. You guys uh, remember when I Tobias have... was painted all blue? Oh, sorry, I wasn't. Uh, sorry, focus, focus. <laughs> focus. <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, are you uh, have either of you heard of or are you familiar with a synthesizer called the Fairlight Synthesizer? Um, uh, was I that that never I, heard? I think I remember. So, was is is that showcased in some Pink Floyd documentary where they're playing with it and showing? Shit, I can't even I, remember what album it was on, but I remember I, very uh, vividly some Pink Floyd documentary where they're playing with an early ass synthesizer. Is that the that thing was live in Pompeii? Okay, yeah, live in Pompeii. That is. What I, it was. I believe it was, but that's not even the connection. 
Oh, okay. um, because I think I've heard the same thing. I was, but when I listen to it, I think of it more as that Roger Waters used a Fairlight synthesizer on Radio Chaos. Oh, okay. Yep. Huh. And to me, that means there's a connection. <laughs> you know, because this is because uh, uh, Conrad ha- is on record as saying that this was that uh, Tower of the Dead was his attempt to to kind of pay homage to Pink Floyd. Yeah. So, well, and- so that's not a you know that's not like fantasy on my part or anyone's part. And then uh, you know, with that in mind, I'm thinking that that could be why this is called the Fairlight Pendant because I believe they're using Fairlight synthesizer during, throughout the song. I think you okay. have something there. Yeah, that yeah. I would I would uh, definitely agree with your uh, hypothesis. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Pink Floyd connection, I mean, I remember. Back when I was still living in Washington, uh, there was times that I'd be listening to, uh, uh, you know, like 70s records, especially Prague type, you know, records with friends um, while, you know, we were partying or whatever. uh, And there was times that I'd be like, you know, a lot of people making albums nowadays, they, they just don't know how to put something together like this you know they they don't they can't nail the sound down and they they can't um they can't get that flow correct and i think this is probably the most perfect like closeness that we will ever get to that um you know that they they did a good job of paying homage to their heroes is what i'm saying yep i agree and and there's a spot in the song and john i definitely have told you about this is so simple it's not particularly complicated or anything like that but it's about halfway through the song the spot where they 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 kind of change the tempo a little bit and they start this running bass line that i just love and and as they lead into it there's a natural spot for a cymbal splash but instead of doing a splash or a crash the the drummer literally just hits the bell on the cymbal so it just makes kind of a ping and it's you know what i'm talking about and it is perfect for that one moment yep so just want to throw that in there nope i i completely agree with you one two fast all right you got there we go fast still there Yep. still okay that was weird as hell all i did was hit the mute button and then when i unmuted it it was just nothing came out, and I had to go into control panel and disable my microphone and enable it again. Wow. Weird. Yeah, well, that's, that's I, a I'm first. I'm going to bet a dollar that uh, that's going to be an edit point. <laughs> yeah. It might be fun to keep you know, it. Uh, if it was me <laughs> editing, there would be there would be a lot of uh, that at the beginning and a lot of Easter eggs at the end. <laughs> oh, see, Greg, what you don't realize is in the editing, I got John on mic saying, I am a stupid head. So, yep. perfect. Yep. That's right. Well, I did that to him too when when uh, we were doing the Breaking Glass um, podcast. I caught him saying something nice about me, and then I I recorded that and popped it up every now and then. <laughs> hey, so Breaking Glass was that a David Bowie reference? It is. Ah, because yep. I because I know that one of your favorite Bowie songs is always crashing in the same car. Because John told it me is. that when Low was my favorite Bowie album. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the whole album is is incredible, but yeah, Breaking Glass, I just, you know, I love 
the the whole line. I mean, I, I believe it's a metaphor for uh, abusing oneself, to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, because there's a line in it where Bowie's constantly singing, you know, I'm back up in my room again, breaking glass or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing that kind of came to mind, uh, you know, uh, is what he was talking about. So I always liked that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I picked yeah. up on that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so we were talking about the Fairlight Pendant. Um, you were talking yep. about the synthesizer. And yep. then I went mute. Um, yeah, and I think you said all you needed to say because I was about to add something, then I realized I wasn't talking, and then you guys were like, oh, Tannis is gone, so. Yep. All right, <clears throat> let's reset yep, here. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm all done. I've I've uh, said my piece, unless you want me to repeat something. No, 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 I think you're good. All right, so yep. <clears throat> let me well, reset. Can, can you repeat the part where I called Tannis a big stupid head? <laughs> yeah, let's get you saying it. Ooh. and no i'm not gonna do that so keep dreaming john well sweet um i think that's enough about the Fairlight pendant let's uh dive into john's favorite song which is totally cheating because it's like five songs in one but anyway here's tau of the dead part two strange news from another planet Now, so um, years ago, when the band Coheed and Cambria was getting big, um, so many people were saying, oh, it's this prog band that, you know, prog emo or whatever shitty term they were throwing around about them. And they were comparing them to Rush all the time. And then I listened to that album with the dragonfly on the cover, and I fucking hated it. And I had no clue what anybody was talking about. Um, Yeah. But this song is just like, or all five of them shit, and this whole album. This to me is like prog eat shit. I don't want to say that. Um, for bands that don't rock bands that don't hinge on ma- masculinity, like you know, a lot of them tend to do. This is like this is real prog shit. Like, and I mean that in a complimentary way, not a way to just shoehorn it into a a, a little corner. But I mean, this song just goes places and it never stops. And I, I kind of get why it's your favorite. John, do you have a favorite movement of the song? Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, I, to be honest, like, and, and this is, this is why I had to choose this as my favorite song. I mean, out of all the, the songs that I have on my iPod or my iPhone or whatever that, that are super long, this is the one that I can always, go from start to finish be just as happy and and like you said it it never lets up it never surrenders the only one that really comes close to it in all the long songs that i have on my uh iphone is um uh, echoes by floyd and that you know for the longest time was my absolute favorite song of all time but then i had to (laughs) i had to pick a shorter one because it just got too long show other people you know right anyway um but yeah, the, from start to finish, I don't have a specific favorite uh, movement, but this song contains one of my favorite lines of all time out of any song ever, and that is, 
All right, a little technical hiccup there. We lost Greg for a second. Um, so, John, uh, jump back into talking about um, the uh, the big-ass song as well as you can. <laughs> Trying to remember where you were. So I was saying that it's a shame that not more people know this album because there's a lot of... There is a lot of situations where I feel the line, um, give the world what belongs to the world and yep. to me what is mine, fits in perfectly. And every time I say it, people look at me like I'm French or something. I don't know. Like they, they just, they look at me like I'm pissing on their leg. <laughs> is that what French people do? Uh, well, as far as you know, I don't believe you've been to France. <laughs> That's true. I've gotten patches from France. Hmm. Shout Did they out. have piss all over them? No. Shout out to Turbo <laughs> Hugo Nancy. Gosh. <laughs> Nancy France rules. Um, all right. But yeah, do you have anything to say about this long, huge, gigantic undertaking of a song that's really actually five songs, Greg? Uh, well, other than this completes the Pink Floyd influence circle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's that. I mean... Yeah, especially, I mean, the theme of the song, when you got the, the little uh, boy talking about flying. Right. I mean, geez, what, how much more, uh, how could that not be about Pink Floyd? I mean, that whole section of it. Um, well, yeah. Even even the whole song has a very shine on Crazy Diamond. Yes. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> the the thing about this song, besides the fact that it is awesome, I mean is that uh, it was one of the reasons why I bought the album. So after I became aware of it, um, what really sold me on taking a chance was I had read a review of it, and they talked about this particular part of the album and the fact that what the real brilliance in the whole album is how they, they sit there and they noodle away in this section Yet the noodling, it makes sense, and it's interesting, and it never gets boring. And I think that's what you're talking about, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. John, John was also mentioning long songs of his that he will listen to all the way through, uh, like Echoes. And uh, yeah. what was the other one you said, John? Uh, I, I mostly just mentioned Echoes oh, okay. and this one. Okay, and then one of those songs for me is the song, like, and, and it doesn't sound like the song i'm about to like you know this song doesn't sound like the song i'm about to mention but it still reminds me of like a strong super long album closer it's uh the song cassandra gemini off of the mars voltus francis the mute which is a half hour long <laughs> but no. i will listen to it completely anytime it's on i absolutely love that song and think it's just fantastic and perfect um but yeah, that's kind of what it brings to mind with me, like just that super epic, way too long of a closer. And when I say way too long, I don't actually mean that. I just mean, and holy shit, like what an undertaking of a single track. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So no, I mean, yeah, this, this is a great song. Yeah, it is uh, indeed. It is uh, one of the greatest achievements of the uh the last decade and uh <laughs> as we're closing out this album um do you guys have anything else to say about it in particular i have a correction of myself i want to make earlier because i wasn't sure if what something i said was on recording but uh, um i don't have anything else i mean i'm pretty well uh i was definitely if john had forgotten how much he loved that lyric from this uh particular song 
uh, I was going to remind him because uh, <laughs> he did that also. Like, Dad, God, that's such a great lyric. I'm going, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> um, I want to correct myself. I have not forgotten. Oh, what was that, John? I said, no, I have not forgotten, even though it's been, you know, many years since this album came out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, shit, that's uh, the album. That is uh, the Tao of the Dad on Tao of the Dead. I meant to make yep. that joke way earlier in the recording and forgot, but hey, I shoved it in there. Um, a correction I wanted to make. I wasn't sure if I was talking about the live album that Trail of the Dead released on recording or not, but if I was, um, it makes sense that none of the songs were from... Uh, Tao of the Dead, because I've just noticed, although it came out in 2014, it is from a performance in 2009. So there we go. There we go. That makes yeah. more sense. Thank you for solving that mystery, because that was going to bother me all night. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it yeah. would be nice to hear them do this whole thing live, but I, I think, you know, especially since uh, around this time when they put out this album, they didn't hit anywhere near where i lived and i don't even think that did they hit seattle at that time i have uh, i have no clue oh you're asking your dad yeah <laughs> well no that's cool no but i i'm joining you in my in the cluelessness because i have no idea i remember we talked about it and, and we knew that they were going on tour i think maybe if they did go to seattle you were just like i don't i, I it was probably some smaller club and and you didn't feel like you know the hassle of it or something i i it was something along the lines of that. Yeah. Well, you know, I am getting on in years. And uh, <laughs> the idea of hanging out with a bunch of punks, you know, kicking the shit out of each other, just, you know, where I can't get away from it doesn't appeal to me as much as it might have in the past. Ah, oh, but see, yeah. now with shows, there's so many dudes like my age that used to be the punks. There's so many of us filling up the back of the venues now, just standing with our arms folded. Like we're we're there for you. We're there for yeah. you. We'll hang out in the back with our arms folded, looking bored, but having the best time of our lives. Well, and to that point, though, remember John when uh, I took you guys to see you and Melissa to see Better Than Ezra in yeah. uh, Danbury, Connecticut, and we saw it. I think at a bar somehow. <laughs> she did. She, you know, they were able to get in there, and um, oh, and it, it was, was an old show. Okay, all ages show, and it was packed to the max in there. And I had to, in order to protect Melissa, I wasn't worried about John because you were all about punching it out with all those guys. <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually put, I got us next to a rail, slightly above the floor, and then I put Melissa up against the rail, and then I stood up against her so that nobody could inadvertently knock her out or knock her across the room or anything because yeah. you know that's what dads do exactly you know especially tau of the dad <laughs> you and mentioned then, and you, then oh go ahead john oh i was gonna say and then you know there's what i do yeah uh, and you know loudly encourage my son to go uh you know crowd surfing at riot yep <laughs> yep no, what were you gonna say, Tannis? Oh, you 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 mentioned better than Ezra, and it just reminded me of one of my favorite jokes. Um, it's from an old Weekend Update in the early '90s, obviously, since it's a better than Ezra reference. But um, it was a Weekend Update joke where he was like, "On the Billboard charts for the third week in a row, better than Ezra has nabbed the number one spot. At number two, Ezra." <laughs> 
That is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, one so i had to hit that up because i started giggling on mike when you mentioned that band yeah uh, so yeah well damn greg it's been a hell of an episode thanks for joining us for this one well thank you for having me it was uh absolutely a pleasure to get to hang out with the cool kids you know because i don't get to do that that often and uh so so yeah thank you so much for for inviting me yeah and no, we, we would love to have you back at some point i would I would okay. really, if, well, we ever, if we ever hit up some Pink Floyd or Roger Waters, I definitely want you there. So, okay. I can, so I can be humbled and told that I'm wrong by two different drummers at once. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll also, um, it, you know, because I like to give, uh, you know, multiple discounts. So I'll, tr I'll lower the fee for um, appearing on these things uh, because you're going to have me come back again at some point. Well, that's good. If you we know, lower the I fee. I won't charge you as much. If we yeah. lower the fee, then John gets his thumbs back faster. So, right, exactly. So, yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Cool. Well, thanks so much again. Have a great night. Hey, you well, too. Thank and you us. so much for being here. And uh, I think you know it's ab about the time Tannis starts uh, quoting Weekend Update uh, quotes from the '90s. That's about <laughs> the time that we should uh, wrap it up and and get on out of here. That, right. That is true. But before we do. I need to mention which album I'm going to pick for next episode. Uh, so for next week's album, I cannot wait to dig into it. It's a band that I, I know you haven't taken the plunge with yet, and I'm not sure if you've listened to this album yet, although I know I've suggested it to you. But uh, next week, we're going to dive deep into Boris's classic album, Pink. Oh, well, you're right. I have not listened to that album. Oh, and I am excited to uh, give it a big old shot and see what I think of it. Hell yeah, I am excited as well. So um, that is the show, everybody. Thank you again for joining us. Tune in next week, or sorry, two weeks from now for the uh, Boris episode on Pink. Uh, so from me, from Greg, and from John, y'all have a good night now, you hear? <laughs> Goodbye! All right, bye-bye. Outro.